Hi, I'm Erin Todd, a writer and intuitive eater. And I'm Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. And we're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. This episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women, we're going to explore the first principle of intuitive eating, rejecting the diet mentality. Yes. But before we begin, let me give a quick disclaimer. This program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so that you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and with God and cast out dieting for good. Yes. Yes. So for principle one, reject the diet mentality. I think we need to first give a little recap into some stuff we touched on in prior episodes. Um, Episode one, what is diet culture? And episode two, what is health at every size? To just help you to remember why it's so important to reject the diet mentality. And then what we're going to do in this episode is show you how to reject the diet mentality. So let's start with why. Yes. Um, So why, (laughs) if we put it in a nutshell, the long and the short of it is that diets don't work. In the long term, they lead to weight gain and ill health, honestly. So diets are all about losing weight, but your weight doesn't equal your health. You can't measure your health by your weight. We know from Health at Every Size research that health is a behavior, not a number, and healthy behaviors matter regardless of our size or weight. I just want to jump in right there because that needs to be emphasized just one more time. Health is a behavior, not a number. Can you give an example of that? Like play that out. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing that I always think of is when someone decides like they're ready to put their health first, make changes to improve their health, they usually think about maybe changing what they're eating, changing their exercise, maybe drinking some more water, whatever those things are. And they think that the the result or the marker that they're being successful is seeing weight loss. But actually, if they start moving their body or including more nutritious foods into their diet or going to a counselor and working on their mental health or whatever those health behaviors are, they see improve in their they see improvement in their health, like their mental well-being, uh, improved blood pressure or improved cholesterol levels or whatever those things are, regardless of weight loss. So you do not have to lose weight to improve health markers. So then the focus on weight and all this obsession over the number on the scale is really coming from diet culture and not from science and certainly not from God. Absolutely. It is definitely a social construct in our culture that you need to be thin and you bet the enemy has a part in that. You bet that the enemy is taking that and running with it. Um, 
so it's it's we have grown up in this culture and in this social social construct of thinking that we need to be thin and so if you're out there and you feel that way or you're listening to me talk and you're saying yeah okay but i still want to lose weight i still want to be thin i hear you i get you we hold space for you you're in this culture and it's real to feel that way but just know that that doesn't make it right we have been taught to feel this way because we want to avoid being discriminated against. Yeah. And that kind so, of ties in with how diets don't only not work, but they also hurt you. Like you are suffering with that stigma and that disconnect and that feeling of shame that diet culture is telling you, you're not good enough. You need to lose weight. That is a pain that people are carrying around in this culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it hurts us and it hurts other people. Um, so, and really the the chronic stress of trying to keep up a diet and exercise regime and depriving yourself and starving yourself and fighting your body's biological response to that uh, <laughs> leads to that, it, it's the diet cycle where you're losing weight, gaining it, losing weight, gaining it. And all of those things are linked to negative health outcomes. So really the process of going through that dieting cycle over and over again is really damaging your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. Yeah, it's damaging to you. It's not doing what it promises it's gonna do. And it's costing you something. Like in addition to money, it's costing you your time and your energy and just your your peace really. Yeah, often relationships. I mean, the things that really matter to you, that you would say matter to you most, are often the things that we sacrifice for the sake of shrinking ourselves. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, that is a pretty good sum up, in my opinion, of why <laughs> we should reject diet culture. But let's get into the meat of principle one and talk about how we're actually going to do that, how to reject diet culture. Um, and since it is principle one, I think it bears a note here that this is principle one for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I was just talking about this with someone the other day. If you, if you can't reject the diet mentality, if you still hold on to that hope or that thought of you're going to find something that's going to help you lose weight, uh, believing that you need to lose weight to earn your worthiness, whatever those things are, it makes embracing the rest of the principles of intuitive eating really difficult, really, really difficult. Now, I'm not saying that if you're someone that's struggling with rejecting the diet mentality, that you can't start working through intuitive eating, um, because we all have some of that in us in this culture, absolutely. But this is where a lot of doing your work is, right? This is where a lot of the work is, is learning to reject that diet mentality. Yeah, it's the first principle for a reason because it sets the stage for everything else. And absolutely, um, you don't necessarily go through principles one through 10 in order sequentially. I think there's a lot of um, fluidity and everybody's journey is different and you might be bouncing around and working on different things at different times. But I found in my experience with intuitive eating, if I'm getting hung up on something else 
and another principal, if I really reflect and check myself, I'm actually probably holding on to some diet thoughts and I need to circle back to principle one and really see where I've let that diet mentality get another foothold in. And yes, girl, (laughs) it happens a lot. (laughs) Truth be told. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, I've shared that with clients so many times of you might not be physically restricting something or, you know, you might not be actually acting out whatever the diet rule is, but in your head, you think that you should be like, there's some restriction going on, even if it's mental, or there's some forced exercise going on, even if it's just mental, it's that should, I should be limiting this, or I should be, even if you're physically allowing yourself to do it, um, that shoulding can really get us in a mess. (laughs) Don't should on yourself. Yes. (laughs) Well, and it's diet mentality, like mentality. This is largely taking place in our mind and our thought life. And um, we'll get to that in a bit, but that's where the, well, it's where the mind is, but it's where the heart of the matter is. It's in your head. And if we can get it out, your body will just follow. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Step one in rejecting the diet mentality, what's the first actionable thing you can do? Well, the number one thing is recognizing the damage that it causes. So I just talked about that weight cycling has negative effects biologically, psychologically, emotionally. Um, It leads to weight gain, the very thing that you're trying to avoid. Um, the like I just talked about, the stress of all of that leads to increased blood pressure. Uh, you know, all of those things are chronic stress, chronic inflammation diseases that are a result of going through this cycle. Um, just and then <laughs> our biology, it and so this cycle in our biology is all set up for us to gain weight or for us to hold on to our weight for weight loss not to be successful. So when the weight loss isn't successful or we we don't have enough self-control, we're not trying hard enough, we're not good enough. So it just dwindles our self-trust. It dwindles our self-respect. It really can get people in depression, anxiety, being obsessed with food and exercise. Um, And then if we're not even talking about ourselves, just thinking about how that process affects other people around us as well. How does it affect your family to watch you go through this? How is it affecting your kids? Um, How is it affecting people in marginalized bodies? Uh, So many of these things. So like the damage is this big. And if you can recognize how big that damage is, you realize (laughs) it's something we need to let go of. Yeah, we have to recognize it, acknowledge it. Sometimes that means speaking it, mm-hmm. speaking it to a friend, journaling it, speaking it to God. Like you can't just look at it and be like, oh yeah, okay. And like have it pass by like a cloud in the sky. You have to acknowledge this. You've recognized it and acknowledge it. And it's kind of like holding something up to the light and seeing it uh, as it really is. Yeah. And it, pausing on that because I think that was such a big aha moment for seeing dieting uh, for the harm that it's doing, um, that was a revelation for me when I first recognized it. So really yeah. 
being in that step one of acknowledging and recognizing the damage that's being done by dieting. That's huge. That's definitely the first step. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. When you identify what it's costing you and what it's costing you personally, it's a lot easier to reject. Yeah. No more. Yeah. So, so after you identify what it's costing you and you feel that weight, like, Oh my goodness is where step two comes in. Erin, do you want to tell us about step two? Step two is my favorite. Step two is all about accepting grace. And you're letting God's love wash over that damage Mm -hmm. that diets caused. And this is really where um, compassion and self-compassion comes into play. And for a lot of us, myself included, compassion was not part of how I interacted with anybody, certainly not myself. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's really letting love in and accepting um, God's compassion on you and a, being compassionate to yourself, which naturally is going to help you be more compassionate with other people. But mm-hmm. um, being gentle with yourself and kind and like treating yourself the way you would treat a child or a loved one or a friend. I think uh, we are our own worst critics and we're so hard and so judgmental and how we talk to ourselves about what we're eating and how we look and all of that. And if you just bring compassion into that space where it was only negativity and judgment before, um, that is a huge, huge weight off. Yeah. A a way to change really, a way to change and transform your relationship with yourself. And it's because you're accepting um, God's grace and applying it in the area of your physical health and the way you think about your health. Yeah. And that's a lot of it is accepting his grace in those moments where you're like, I hear you guys talking about this and I recognize the damage and I'm still pulled to wanting to lose weight or I'm still looking at my body and feeling it or whatever those things are. Like that's where like, let his grace wash over you. He is working to change you. If you are surrendering this to him, he is working in it and you just, it's, it's, it's about being honest and, and just accept the, just let that grace wash over you over and over again. Like, yep, I'm, I'm buying into diet culture right now, or I'm feeling, you know, whatever those things are right now, but I want to change. I'm learning and growing and working towards that change. Um, and that's where it's so different than diet culture because there's not grace in that. Like diet culture is you're either on or you're off. You're on the wagon or you fell off the wagon. You're good or you're bad. You're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. And that is not intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a journey. Like you said, it's so fluid. And the grace covers all of that. Mm -hmm. Diet culture is pouring on condemnation. Mm -hmm. And this is about accepting grace and pouring on compassion. Mm -hmm. So they could not be more different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings us to step three, I think. 
step three in how to reject the diet mentality is recognizing your diet thinking. And what's the verse we like for this one? Yes, Romans 12, <laughs> too. All right. Take those diet thoughts captive. Yes. <laughs> Make them absolutely. obedient to Christ. <laughs> yeah, yes. Recognizing that, um, girl, like if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have that power to take your thoughts captive. You get to choose what you think about you get to recognize something and say, nope, that's diet culture. That's the enemy. Nope, I'm not going to do it. Um, and that's one of the most powerful things <laughs> that we can do is when you're recognizing those things, um, fighting back against them, saying, nope, I'm not going to believe that today. Nope, I'm not thinking about that today. And one of the best ways that we can do this is to just keep our thoughts in the word. Yes. So if you're filling your head with truth, you will have no room for the lies. And when the lies come at you, you will recognize them so quickly if you are staying in the truth. Yeah. The lies the lies creep in and start to take over when we get disconnected from the father, when we get disconnected like cut off from the vine. That's when those lies can seem possibly true. But if you are staying connected with the father, if you are reading his word and you are praying, when those lies come at you, you can very quickly say, "Oh no. That's not truth." Yeah. And this is a good time to probably step up your daily practice, your daily quiet time, your daily study, because you're going to be, I mean, this is how I was unlearning decades of thought patterns. And, you know, your brain has little patterns, little like grooves. There is a science term for this that I just don't know. Neuropathways, girlfriend. (laughs) The neuropathways. I mean, you have a pattern of the way you think about yourself. And so that's almost like your default mode and you've got to unlearn it. So when you catch yourself in that pattern, when those same negative and critical and judgmental thoughts come up, you can recognize them. And like you're saying, if you're in the words, you're holding them up. Yeah. And I mean, it's literally, I love, I like love this science, like neuroscience and Romans 12 too. this connection so much. Um, Whenever, whenever I see, science reflecting the word the word showing that it just like lights me up so much like hello people of course <laughs> um but when we talk about Romans 12 too that our minds are they are physically transformed by the word if you're believing lies there are physically new neural pathways built in your brain and the more you think those thoughts the stronger and thicker the myelin sheath in those neural pathways become. You think them quicker and quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. So if you're, it's whatever you're consuming. So when you're spending time in the word and spending time with the Lord, your brain is physically being transformed. And the, every, every time you read that verse, your neural pathway for that verse is getting thicker and thicker and thicker. So that when the lie comes at you, your brain can combat it with a verse without you really even putting much effort into it. Nope. The less you're thinking the negative thoughts, those neural pathways start to atrophy. Yeah. So anyway, yes, <laughs> take your thoughts captive. Well, and 
And especially the one, this one particular thought, which was just so ruinous for me, I want to highlight it here um, because it is a pattern that I think is really easy to fall into. And it's the thought pattern of this fantasy about weight loss. You know, you've got to let go of the fantasy of weight loss, that whole vision of the new you that's going to exist when you finally lose those 10 or 15 pounds. Like that is a fantasy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not true. And it's a pattern of thought about yourself that is basically causing an identity crisis because. Oh girl, I am so glad that you're bringing this up. It's the, when I, then I will. When I lose this weight, then I will be happy. And it's, this is sold to us all over the place. Like this is what diet culture sells to us. When you lose the weight, then you will be happy and get married and have children and have a, your dream career and you know, whatever it is, those things are. And we literally buy into that. And then if you do lose the weight and everything's still the same, except now you're more miserable and hungry and sickly and whatever. And it's been 20 years. (laughs) Where did my life go? And then we think, oh, maybe I need to just lose a little bit more and then it's going to work. And it's never enough. It's always more, 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 never enough. Like your, your life is happening right now. So there's, yeah, it's breaking down that fantasy and realizing, well, that's really ridiculous. Yeah. That's a, that's a big old thought to take captive right there. And yeah. And the other thing that I would like to share is that that fantasy is there because it's real. It like in our culture. Okay. So if you are in a larger body and you have been discriminated against because of that, you're on the receiving end of weight stigma, whatever those things are, our culture tells you, lose weight, then we'll respect you. Lose weight, then we'll take you seriously. Um, So that's real. If you are feeling that, and that's real, but you're not the problem. The culture is. Amen. Whoever's discriminating against you can decide to stop being a bigot and change their thinking like that. You can't just change the size of your body. It's ridiculous. So that's the one thing that I would like to highlight. Like those fantasies are there because it's real in our culture Yeah, that people in thin bodies have more privilege, but the culture needs to change, not your body. Yeah. Well said. I agree with that. This episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women is brought to you by our online course, Ditch the Diet Masterclass. This is a biblical and scientific course to help you take your faith out of your diet and put it in Jesus. You can get all of the course details over on our website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com by clicking the shop tab at the top. That's going to give you a preview of all of our online courses, but this is the one we're focusing on today. You guys, principle one, reject the diet mentality. This is a deep dive into that principle. So if you're loving what you're learning in this episode, you definitely want to check out Ditch the Diet Masterclass. The uh, step three really challenged me 
to kind of begin to work on my mindfulness and awareness, which was not like something that I considered to be important. Um, before I came into intuitive eating, I kind of thought mindfulness was for, you know, monks sitting in caves and silence, (laughs) but it's like, no, this is a skill that you need. And like, that is the level of being tuned in with your thoughts and tuned in with the Holy spirit that you can cultivate that mindfulness and awareness. And that is what is going to, other than time in the word, that's what's going to enable you to then take the thoughts captive. So, yeah. This yeah. is also so it's a good time to spend more time with God in the Word and to develop some kind of mindfulness practice. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and Jesus was an amazing example of mindfulness, mm. an amazing example of mindfulness. Yeah. I want like shameless plug. I have a Christian <laughs> mindfulness course. Um, with a Bible study where I kind of break down the places that Jesus was mindful and what that looks like. And um, oh, I did not know this. I want that immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a mindful eating course, but I break down like, what is Christian mindfulness? What does that look like? Because it's very different than like, uh, it's, it has different aspects than other forms of mindfulness. Um, so yeah, it talks about like how to take your thoughts captive and like what does this look like? So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about that more later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that I mean that's that's step three. Step three is a big one. But is yeah. that coming up for step three? I think I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's I mean, that's what over and over and over again, all of this, this is one of the things that I I always share with people is that this mindfulness piece, this getting aware of your thoughts and realizing that you get to choose them and you can take them captive and all of those things is like the number one skill that you need to heal. It's the number one skill that you need to work through these things because when you've been trekking along eating pretty intuitively and feeling pretty like, you know, like, wow, this is, I'm feeling good. This is awesome. And maybe you're like seeing relief from maybe you would binge eat out of stress or something like that. And then just all of a sudden one day you find yourself in the pantry, like binge eating and you're like, what on earth is going on? You have the skill to ask what's going on what was I thinking that brought me here? Oh, it was these thoughts. Are those thoughts true? Can I do anything about those thoughts? Do, am I okay with coping like this? Or do I want to cope in a different way? Like those are all these skills and it all comes down to being mindful, recognizing, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm so glad you think that's important. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel sometimes like a crazy person talking about mindfulness, but it really is the key to um, unlocking a diet mentality. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Okay. Well, we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. (laughs) Yes. I'll do that. All right. So then step four for rejecting the diet mentality is what? Is so fun. I love step four. Uh, It's getting rid of all of your dieting tools. Okay, so um, Rebecca Scritchfield has a scale smashing party. Um, I've seen that. 
Yeah. So I think she has like some YouTube videos about it, but like you can go join on her website, you can join and do this scale smashing party, um, which I think is so fun to take that scale out and smash it and just get rid of it. Um, but in this step, it's not just getting rid of the scale, it's getting rid of any way that we measure our bodies or our worth. Okay. So it's, it's getting rid of dieting magazines. It's unsubscribing to emails that you get. It's unfollowing anyone that's spreading diet culture on all your social media platforms and then following health at every size, intuitive eating people. Um, It's getting rid of what else? It's getting rid of your gold jeans or whatever pants that you have that don't fit, whatever. Um, what else are we getting rid of? I threw out some color-coded containers that decreased my food portion size. Yes, yes, yes. Getting If you're weighing and measuring food, getting rid of those tools, throwing out your Fitbit or putting it in the attic. If that's something that you've been using you know, as a dieting tool, something that I just recognized the other day that I thought was interesting. And I thought, Oh, maybe, maybe I should get rid of this, but I have this belt that I have worn probably every day for the past 10 years. I don't know, you know, like all the time, this belt. And so it has all the marks on it, like each hole where I wore it for a very long time, and then I wore it here for a long time. I wore it here. So I can see all the different sizes that belt has been. Mm. Interesting. And I thought, wow, this could really be like one of those things that I tell a client, like, get rid of it. Because it really highlights to me, you know, I, wore, I had that belt back when I really had disordered eating and exercise behaviors, you know, so it kind of highlights those things to me. Anyway, so anything like that, uh, like cut the, t- cut the size out of your clothes if that's something that you need to do. Yeah, All those this, things. We'll get into that stuff further in other principles. but This one is a good one because it forces you to recognize your triggers, but also recognize like what you're using, like your part in it and like mm-hmm. kind of own up to that and really separate yourself from it by getting rid of it, throwing it out. You know, I have a bunch of um, diet cookbooks and like diet books that I'm like, I don't want to donate these or give them away. So like, maybe I'm going to burn them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because they don't even need to be here. They don't. I I normally would be like, you cannot burn a book. But those (laughs) books do not deserve to be here. This is the exception. (laughs) I have... Um, a few cookbooks that were like, you know, for a specific diet, whatever, that have recipes in them that like my family loves. So those did go away for a time. Like I packed them up and put them away for a time. And then it was something that like I worked back to of these are recipes that I love and diet culture doesn't get to own these recipes. If I enjoy that food, I can eat these things. Yes, that is a really good point. And you have to have some awareness yes. of yourself to be able to, to really know what your motivation is. But this um, popped up for me the other day. It's not necessarily what you're doing, 
but why you're doing it. So like yes. maybe for example, um, you know, getting a manicure or something mm-hmm. like that. If I'm getting a manicure because I look like, you know, a scrubby, disgusting, uh, low life, dirty person that has awful cuticles and, you know, like I look awful if I do, I'm doing this for worthiness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If that's why I'm doing it, then that's not good. Yeah. If I'm doing, if I'm going and treating myself to a manicure because it's relaxing and I think it feels good and I certainly can't do that level of skill on myself and I really enjoy getting it done well, well then, okay. It's, mm-hmm my motivation is in the right place. And, um, you know, the beauty industry doesn't get to have manicures, just like yes. <laughs> diet culture doesn't get to have recipes that have meat and vegetables in them because you know what? Meat and vegetables are delicious. Yes. And as you, if you check yourself and really, you know, that might be true for somebody who, um, really loves walking and is counting their steps on a step counter, not to lose weight, but because they love walking and are doing it because they want to be outside. Mm-hmm. And that's when they listen to their audiobooks, And it's just like a beautiful yeah. thing. So um, the tools could be good or bad. And you really got to apply that mindfulness and awareness to check yourself and be like, yeah, am I using this? And why do I think I need this? And like, if it's to lose weight or to be, you know, the thin ideal, then it's got to go. Yeah. But if it's okay, and maybe if you put them away, you can bring some things out after you've done the work of principle one. Yeah. And that's where, uh, with pretty much anyone I've ever worked with and with myself, in the beginning, I say, uh-uh. like, put it all away. You don't have to throw it away or whatever, but like, pack it up, put it in the attic, in the basement, whatever, put it all away. Because you have been using those things as diet tools. There is a place for a Fitbit. If you like that, I, I get that people like the timer to tell them when to stand up when they're working or whatever. Like, they're, like these things aren't, in, a lot of the things aren't inherently bad. But it's what diet culture has put on them and all that stuff that is not working out for you. But when you get further along in your journey and you become really self-aware and there, there are tools that you can use that are helpful. It's the same thing like going to a commercial gym. If you have been dieting and the body thing, and what, that's probably not going to be a very comfortable, safe space for you in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey. But when you're pretty confident and you can really recognize diet culture and brush it off and all of that stuff. Well, if you enjoyed that before, that might be a good space to venture to again. Yeah, good point. So, yeah. Yeah. So okay. get rid of those tools in the beginning, 100%. Yeah, those rigid tools and rules that were binding you up before. Yeah. And enjoy, go ahead and enjoy getting rid of them. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so liberating yeah totally okay so I want to make a final thought here on principle one to touch back on something we kind of touched on before about how this is ongoing work Mm -hmm. those are your four steps for how you're going to reject the diet mentality again just to recap we're acknowledging the damage that dieting causes for step one. 
Step two, we're accepting grace. Mm -hmm. Step three, we're recognizing the diet thinking and we're taking those thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. And step four, we're getting rid of the diet tools. So mm -hmm. those, those are the four steps, but this is something um, that you have to do over and over, over and over. over. It's an ongoing practice. It's just like your walk with the Lord. It's not a one and done thing. It is a daily reliance thing. It is a mm -hmm. practice. It is a way to uh, draw closer to God, actually. So it really, um, really can improve your faith if you're using this as a opportunity to lean in mm -hmm. to the Lord yeah. while you're, while you're struggling and while you're trying to make a change, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that we've talked about this before, but, um, this process, intuitive eating is coming back to, um, how God designed us to eat, trusting his creation, trusting his body, um, surrendering to him and lifting this up to him and so if you're if you're coming to him and saying i want to honor you and take care of my body and eat the way you've created me to eat i want you to be in charge of eating and exercise and whatever those things are and he's you're you're in cahoots with the holy spirit in working through those things he's going to be right there with you going through this process He's going to be right there strengthening you every time that you surrender the diet culture to him. Um, so, you know, you're not, you're not in it alone. And I, I say all of that to say, do not go into this journey on your own strength. Like, <laughs> yes, I second that. Go into this journey in prayer, praying for God's will, praying for his provision all of those things because it's a lot you're basically like you're fighting the enemy here yeah yeah spiritual warfare spiritual warfare man so you gotta yes. put on the armor yes 100 percent. yeah excellent yeah well i'll go ahead and close this in prayer okay okay dear lord Today, we come together in your name and we turn our eyes to you. As we look away from the diet culture that surrounds us, you give us hope, Lord. Help the hearts today that need help. Help them to really understand this message. Help them to get it. So many of us have spent years feeling like we aren't good enough. Lord, help us to see that because of the finished work, of Jesus on the cross and his spirit in us, that we are enough. Mm -hmm. Help us to see our great worth as your daughters and your image bearers. We pray that you will help each one of us recognize the lies that have been stealing our confidence and distracting us, Lord, and help us to reject those lies. Mm -hmm. We pray that you will help us to step off the scale and step out in faith as women who know we are dearly loved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. If you love this episode, 
Would you go ahead and just take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag us in it. We're at intuitive.eating.podcast. We would love to connect with you on Instagram. Plus, it helps us so much to know what you love and what you're learning and what's important to you. And if you really love this episode, would you please go ahead and just head on over to iTunes and leave us a star rating and review. Every rating and review helps more women who need this message find the podcast and start learning with us about how we can all follow Jesus and not diet. This would be an incredible blessing to us and to your sisters in this anti-diet sisterhood that you haven't even met yet. Please consider leaving a rating and review today. We would so appreciate it. And until next time, we will see you in the next episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. This podcast was produced by Oh Shoot Productions and made possible by the grace of God and the support of women like you. Thank you for being a part of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women community. We'll see you in the next episode.